It's Positive Spark Plug time, and I'm your host, Candace, and I'm so fired up for today. But before we get to today's guest, I want you guys to please rate and review the podcast, for it truly does help get the value of my guest out there to more listeners, and it just lets me feel the love, which I truly, truly appreciate. For today, we have Mark England on the podcast, and this episode is fire. He lets us in on so many insights on how the stories we hold within ourselves, how we tell them, how we hold them in our body, truly transmute and truly get in our way and how they represent us in our life today and how we show up. This episode is fire. It is one of my favorites. I absolutely love Mark. I loved his energy and I hope you guys truly enjoy it and understand that your words are a spell if they are used correctly and that is both positively and negatively so let's get to becoming aware of how our stories truly impact our life and how we can create powerful spells to truly transform ourselves to be our best selves how are you hi candace i'm doing fantastic thank you for having me on I am so excited to have you on the Positive Spark Plug podcast. I got uh, to following you on Instagram through one of your Tuesday nights. I don't know how it came up, but you just were on my scrolling and I stopped and I was just, I fell in love because I have always been a person of personal growth and development and always wanting to become a better person. And I am a person of believing in the power of words. I'm still not the best at it, but watching and listening to you, I just got blown away. So I needed to have you on so that I could learn more and also so that my listeners can understand that their words truly do have power and really do lead their lives. So thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on and joining me. Um, my, my, my pleasure. This is the, I fell in love too. I fell in love too when I saw story work the first time in 2003. It was a strange scenario all around. Uh, you're a fan of martial arts, mixed martial arts, myself included. I had some fights back in the, the late 90s, um, early 2000s, and it was my thing. And I moved to Thailand in 2002 for the Thai boxing. I was going to go over Ooh. there for a year come back and go pro and that is so not what i got uh I was, yeah six months into a very big move i'd only had a passport for a couple of years so it was a bold maneuver to pick everything up and move over there um six months into that move i'm on the operating table getting my second knee surgery and uh yeah the doctor said I remember exactly what he said. He said, your career as a fighter is over. You could become a very good swimmer. <laughs> right? 
like laps oh. in a pool. Sweet. <laughs> MMA to laps in a pool next to grandpa. And, you know, just awesome. How'd you know, bro? How'd you know? That's what I was secretly daydreaming about. And then, and, and then it got worse. And then he goes, then he goes, and, and he said it to himself, which was even spookier. He looked up and he goes, I, you know, I, I, I do know of someone with a knee like yours. You know, he's, he's about 55 and he can walk. So mm-hmm. I just go straight on worst case scenario. And it was easy to do because I was in a lot of pain. And, and I took that scenario. And I used it as proof, evidence. I now have the the official proof that I'm not good enough, which was one of my driving forces in training and fighting to to prove that I am good enough and I'm not scared because I was scared and I was scared I wasn't good enough. And, And now I've got the evidence that I'm somehow doomed to fail and there's something wrong with me. I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh for an entire year. Wow which is another flavor of spooky. Like I, I, I couldn't get my face because of the, the, the DEFCON level four level victim mentality that I had raging in my head. It took up the entirety of my mental real estate. And I, I couldn't get my face into a position to authentically laugh, probably even smile, and nor did I want to because I had the end of the world descend on my head, self-induced, I didn't know that at the time because I was believing the story that I was telling myself about that scenario. So, and we're going to get back to when I fell in love. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it happened. And it it took me a a year of, of being miserable until it dawned on me, hey, genius, are you going to be bitching about this? Are you going to be complaining about this? Are you going to be chewing on this bone when you're 55? And I looked down that path, Candace, and I saw that version of me. I saw me 55 still, still bitter about this. And I'm like, well, well, if that's what you do, then you really are a loser. So I said, I'll take anything but that. Absolutely. I'll take anything but that. Right around that same time, my principal, I was teaching, uh, excuse me, sports in Bangkok at an international school, elementary school sports teacher. It was, that was a lot of fun. My <laughs> element, my, my vice principal came in and he had just come back from a cleansing resort. They did these herbal detoxes down on one of the islands in the Gulf of Thailand. He goes, man, that was really cool. I think you'd like it. You should go. I looked it up and said, you know what? I'll try this out because it's something different. Rocket science, do something different, get something different. So I went down there, did the cleanse, felt better. Enough to go back on my third trip down, Candace. That's when I saw story work. One night, a man by the name of Barry Musgrave, who turned into my first mentor with this work, he was doing a, a presentation, a workshop on emotional detoxification. And I went, and you know what he talked about? What? Words. He talked about words. And he talked about stories. And he talked about identities. And then he asked someone, he asked the crowd, anybody out there got a story they're just hung up on? And 
this this woman just shot her arm up and legit it was a legit stinger of a breakup here's the scenario anybody would have been hurt (laughs) yeah her her and all her friends get a house down at the beach for beach week her boyfriend and all of his friends get a house right next to him down at beach week yeah oh yeah and one drunken night her boyfriend and her best friend hooked up in front of everybody Mm. and then the next night he dumps her in front of everybody no oh yeah everybody go go ouchie on three and uh and she was just she was just i know that horrible insult to injury yeah and she told the story and she's in tears understandable and then he said okay great take a breath tell me the story again and as she's going through it he goes okay hold on real quick right there take this word out put that word in he did that i think twice in the second rendition because he went through the story three times and the second oh yeah second time through she's now sad no tears okay tell me the story one more time and we're going to change they changed up some of the words that were forcing her to take it personally. Hence the sting. And she goes through it and now she's essentially emotionally neutral to the, to the point where she goes, well, you know, that guy was actually kind of weird. It wasn't going to work out anyway. Seven minutes before she's irate, pissed, crying beside herself and she hadn't got she hadn't gotten in a relationship in four years because she just kept hanging on to that thing, hanging on to that 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 story. And I wow. said, "That's not my story, and that is my story." As far as the the cause and effect relationship between the words we use, and um, I got up from that workshop and went straight to an internet cafe. They had those things at the time and printed off a eighty page manual about how to do this work on yourself. And I went to work on myself, on my story. And, uh, and I, like I said, there's been a, there have been a couple of things. I wrestled in high school. So she's an MMA fan, so am I. We can talk about this. I wrestled in high school. That was, co- okay, cool, great. I pinned you, got you. I took my first jujitsu class in college in 1996. And mm-hmm. I got choked first class in. And I go, oh, my God, what was that <laughs> i have to learn it because th- th- there's a big difference for me between ch- choking someone and getting pinned yes so th- i fell in love first on-, on impact right then and there and like i said i trained competed um i watched the fights you know we got to talk about masvidal and and usman uh valentina shevchenko my favorite uh female fighter uh, mo- mostly because I'm such a big fan of body lock takedowns. Those are just the coolest takedowns because they're just demoralizing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I still watch it. I, I practice a little kickboxing from time to time. I train my nieces. So it's it, the, the love is there. It'll always be there. Same thing with the language game. I, I fell in love uh, on an island in 2003 and and I've been in love since. And I, I thank the stars that, cause I'm a horrible student. I'm just the worst. When I don't, when I'm bored, like I, I'm, I have no interest in learning the thing. I just, 
I literally go to another planet in my head. I was a horrible student in high school. I've got the grades and, and the feedback to prove it. Uh, uh, and the extra years that it took me to get out of high school and college. And <laughs> it, took me se- it took me seven years to get a two-year master's degree. Whoops. But <laughs> when, I, when I find something that I, I find fascinating, just sign me up. Yes, yes. That's, that's a lot of talking on my part. What, uh, yeah. What, where, where do we go from here? Well, let's, we're going to talk about words and the power of them because you are, you teach, I, I saw that you changed the word from vocabulary to vocabulary, and I really loved that. Now, did you do that or did you come about that? Anyway, I loved it and I wanted to talk about it because like you were saying, there is power behind our words and the way that we speak them. How was it for you to learn which words brought the most power and the most energy to your sentences to your life and what words you should not use because they are powerful but they're not good for you to be using they're the same powerful but not good and good yeah cool got it um so that's been an observance um and i remember it was early years. So I started practicing full-time in 2007. And so there's this subset of the English language. It's called conflict language in the vocabulary system. So on a side note, my business partner and I, a guy named Adam, who I've known from, known from Thailand for 14 years. We've been working together for uh, seven now. Uh, We have created two brands for uh, of of language training for people, mindset training that focuses on the words. Yes. The the first one was vocabulary. Okay. And he, he, he named both of them. The second one was enlifted. So enlifted is for the fitness industry. Procabulary is for the general audience. Pro, the pro in procabulary, it stands for process. Okay. Ah. Yep, that's what it stands for because the story that we tell ourselves about ourselves, that is a process. It's an ongoing, fluid, flexible process that we participate in. So most people, due to this subset, this sneaky subset of the English language, accidentally trick themselves into believing they're an innocent bystander in their life, also known as the story of them that they tell themselves. We gave a TEDx talk on this in 2017 on this exact topic. The current definition of Webster's def- Webster, the current Webster's definition of identity is the fact of being who or what a person is. And that's pretty easy to call out, as in we did it on stage in front of 1,800 people. So, Candace, I'm assuming that you see yourself differently now than when you, than when you were five. Yes. Yep, me too. So does everybody. So what does that mean? Our identities are not st- they're not facts. They're not static. Okay. 
they're ongoing. It's an ongoing story. And when we use certain words, we get certain things. So what are, what are, what are those, what, what's, what is this subset of the English language, this conflict language? It's very simple. There's three main pillars of conflict language, which entails, you use these three, you use these three language patterns, and I guarantee everybody listening is simply because we are negation, we're not taught this stuff in school. Everything that we talk about, it's not rocket science. What it is, is a simple conversation about the thing that gets overlooked the most. I say that definitively, personally and professionally, our everyday ordinary language. When I mean language, I mean the thoughts in our head and the, the words that come out of our mouth and the things that we type. They're so close to home, it's the easiest thing to miss the voice in our head, and it's right under our nose. It's got to be something bigger and more complex because I'm so messed up. Yeah. Or, or what if I'm, what if it has to do with the words? And the, these, these pillars, these three pillars, they're responsible for all the worry, all the blame, and all the indecision. Also, all three of those are stress-inducing. So people talk about taking their power back. Good. Let's talk about that. And you know what's underneath that? Breathing better. Yes, yes. Because this, this, this subset of the English, these three language pillars, negations, projections, and soft talk, I'm going to break them down big time. There were those three that those words and the stories that they create are responsible for roughly 85%. It's a general estimation after me staring at this thing for 17 years of, of people's anxiety and stress. When someone goes into a stress response, their breathing gets trapped in their, in their chest known as shallow breathing, labored breathing or coastal breathing. And when that happens, we get tunnel vision, we fixate on something, we lose access to our peripheral vision, our ability to listen goes way down. It's called amygdala hijack. There's a, it's a fancy term for, for stress state or sympathetic nervous system response state. And it's really hard to change our perspective. Okay. And we've, we've all had experiences of talking to someone. We've all done it too experiences of talking to someone who's in a highly emotional state yeah it's like talking to a brick what wall yeah wall because they literally can't hear us so i i I even remember being in an emotional state and having people try and like talk to me you're you're not there (laughs) correct correct it's 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 into the fight flight or freeze response and the freeze is normally the breath that's 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 what most people do is they, they they tense up they tighten up Instead of like smashing a chair over someone's head, that's flight, fight, or running out of the house, that's flight. Most of the time, it's just this tension, tightness. So what are these magical words that send us into these stress states regardless of, excuse me, I'm drinking fizzy water, what we want? 
Uh, here's, here's, a, here's, here's a good example. Also, we were talking about uh, Canada and Fort McMurray and a, a weird venture I went on up there in 2014. This is a story from that, that, same, that same event. Okay. So I'm giving a presentation in 2014 in Calgary to uh, a group of, uh, it, it was a sales team. I stayed after and did one-on-one -on -one sessions with people. I'm sitting in a room, two chairs facing each other with a young man who was struggling in his career. This is what he said, and this is what he did. Mark, I can't keep focusing on my past. I'm looking right at him. Yeah. Of course, I see it. And for those of you that are listening to this podcast, I just turned around and looked behind me real fast. He did it even faster. I go, dude, you know, you just turned around and looked behind you. And he didn't even know. He goes, huh? I go, yeah, you did. What did you see? He had to stop and think about it, which brings up another interesting and important side note. We use our language, generally speaking, par for the course English usage is so fast. It's somewhere between real hard and impossible to track how our words, our language influences us. There are four main aspects of your experience of yourself that your words influence for better and for worse all day long. First things first, his physical body. Second thing, so I can't keep focusing on my past. Listen to the yes. words. He turned around and looked into his what? His past. Past. Then I asked him, what did you see? As in your imagination. He had to stop and think. He goes, oh, I saw myself all, all alone and on the couch. That's two. Then I asked him, how are you feeling? Anxious, angry, and a little bit scared. And then the last one, I, I, I already knew. And I, where are you breathing? Uh, well, it's all up in my chest. So your physical body, your language influences how you position your physical body. Wow. Your language influences your imagination. Your language influences your emotions and feelings. And your language influences how you breathe. And this brings up a, a very interesting and quite literally magic, the magical part of the conversation. Do you know what the definition of a spell is, Candace? I don't, but please mm. tell me. Yeah. The Webster's, there's Webster's again. Webster's definition of a spell is a word or a combination of words of great influence. That's it. You ever yeah. talk yourself into a good mood? We all have. Yes. That's, those are spells. It's a, a combination of words that made me feel better about my life and things look better in my imagination. And whew, I take a sigh of relief of what pressure. And, and cool, yeah, things, things are looking up. We've all talked ourselves into bad moods too. Mm -hmm. Those are also combinations of words. And guess what those do? They get me to slunch a little bit. And I'm not looking up anymore. Things are down in the dumps. 
I got the yes. weight of the world on my shoulder. It creates dense energy and my breathing gets shallow and my, oh, just say, oh, the, man, it's nothing. It's so hard to get ahead these days. Yes. We're spelling on ourselves all day long. And that gentleman used a, what, what is called a negation. The negation keywords can't, won't, isn't, not, haven't, hadn't, shouldn't. And when we use those keywords, regardless of what we like to do, we're going to we're going to force ourselves to stare at the worst case scenario. My grandmother was a third degree black belt Olympic gold medalist warrior. She just worried all the time. And on another weird side note, she would say things. It was it, it took me a while to connect the dots. Uh, oh, I just I'm I just I worry about you so much. And and she would want me to be thankful for that. It's like, wait a minute, you're making pictures of me going down in flames in your imagination and you want me to be grateful? Is that what love is? Yeah, no. It's 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 spooky. And guess what? That happens a lot. People we get we get worrying mixed up with no 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 grandma, just make pictures of me succeeding. Yeah. I dare you. Make make great pictures of me in your imagination and describe them to me and enliven your emotions. And guess what? That will influence my imagination and feelings. I, I'm, uh, I, you know, I mean, it's emotional blackmail. You know, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tear. I'm gonna create scary pictures in my head and trash my emotions and feelings, and then get you to like it. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird. And then, and so when we got, we got the negation keywords, when someone says, I'm not going to spend all my money this month, what kind of picture did we just make? uh, A bad one. They're going to spend it. Yeah. I just spent all my money or Candace, I I, I don't want to argue with you anymore. I'm I'm imagining us arguing. (laughs) And so am I, which is what? It's stress inducing. And now we're not breathing all that well. And now, and then that thing just perpetrates. Y'all want to massively improve y'all, your, your relationships, any of them, get your breath low and slow down in your abdomen. You're going to feel better in your skin and people are sensitive, energetically sensitive. They're going to pick up on it. They're going to, on some level, feet and register that they feel good around you. Okay. You ever been out on a date where people are just <clears throat> holding their breath <laughs> tight and really like, oh, <laughs> that's not fun for anybody. No, no. You ever been on a date when where someone is uh, relaxed and they're paying attention and they're listening and asking good questions and there's just there's this very cool symbiotic flow like yeah. ah this feels good this person's very zen yeah, very zen. yeah. You, you you're breathing when you're breathing better you're more likely to laugh once again you're a better listener um, I I can and do sometimes go off on rants about all the many benefits 
of breathing when it comes to coaching, when it comes to learning, when it comes to teaching, when it comes to presentation skills, public speaking. Um, first thing, so we'll, we'll finish up on negations and we'll move to projections, which is where all the venom comes from. Yeah. The first thing my driving teacher said when I got in the car is, look where you want to go because you're probably going to go there. No, I can't keep focusing on my past. Candace, I don't want to argue so much anymore. I'm not going to spend all my money. I haven't got time for that. Uh, they shouldn't have done that. Just poof, right there. I'm just throwing the thing that I want to avoid up into my imagination. And it's not just my imagination. It's all four things all at once. Your body, your imagination, your feelings and emotions, and your breath. This is great news, by the way, folks. Because yeah. you can change your words. It's easy. It's easy once you know more about what words to use less of and why and what words to use more of and why. Then we get to projections. So this woman comes in, sits down, and she, she's been divorced for a number of years, and she's still upset about it. And she's blaming herself. The guy turned out to be something other than what she was expecting and it was messy and uh, it was, it was, it was, it was a thing. And she kept saying, he made me think we needed to get married. She kept saying hmm. it. Uh-huh. He made me think we needed to get married. I said, see that pen right there? Write that sentence down. Huh? Which one? The he th he he made me think we needed to get married. Sentence, and she did. Ladies, gentlemen, the fastest way to break spells, the definition of dispel is to cast out. The fastest way to cast out negative thinking, break these emotional, break get, break up this these dense emotions and feelings we create for ourselves. Breathe better. Get. Get access to a more beautiful face because guess what? Bitter, bitter will turn great looking people ugly fast. And y'all want to be there. There's nothing. There is no there's no foundation, makeup, eyeliner, nothing that will replace the glow of a, a, a smiling, uh, a happy woman. It's just never going to happen. OK, pick up the pen and write the thing down. Regardless of how hard it – that pen might weigh 500 pounds, and it might sting to put pen to paper. So what? In comparison to you living with that for 30 years, it's nothing. It's nothing, I promise you. And she did just that. Both of these examples that I'm, I'm – these stories, the person wrote the thing down, and they could stare at the words that just came out of their mouth. And they're like, oh, shit, for good reason. Yeah. And, and I said, read it again. He made me think we needed to get married. And I asked her to describe the picture. Yeah. And she said, well, uh, you know, he's, he's in there yelling at me. There I am. There he is. He's yelling at me. And generally speaking, I knew that that was the case. Why? Because two plus two equals four. Once again, rocket science, folks. He made me think we needed to get married 
someone says that, guaranteed there's two people in that picture. One person is doing something to the other. There's yeah. so, so you get the victim and you get the villain regardless again. And I've got to wait for him to change his behavior so I feel better about my life, even though we've been divorced for three years. It's going on in my imagination. Yeah, sure. And same. What's the difference considering how pissed off she was? And she was smart. So I said, scratch out the he and put in I. Part of her didn't want to do it. Because we get attached to things, folks. Dare I say, addicted to things, regardless of how good or bad they are for us. Whatever is normal for you in your life, good, bad, or ugly, part of you is addicted to it. Bet on that. And so she goes, and she said it like a question. I made me think we needed to get married. It went up at the end. I said, yeah, now say it as a statement. You'll know if it's true or not. I made me think we needed to get married. And at the end of the day, she did. Because at the end of the day, it was her convincing her to do it. Yeah. He said what he said, and she had the final say. Of course, of course. And she did this. She took a sigh of relief. As in coming out of that stress response, the breath starts to descend. And she goes, and she goes, yeah, I mean, I did it, did it again. I, I, I mean, I did. I did. And that started the unraveling of him being the supreme villain and her being the supreme victim. Yeah. Here's a great part for place for me to rattle off. I'm going to take a little bit out of the middle, Candace the verbatim definition of the victim mentality. Yes, please do. Oh yeah. So this, this is not victim blaming folks. This is victim mentality explaining two completely different conversations. The definition of the victim mentality. It is an acquired personality trait where a person tends to regard himself or herself as the victim of the negative actions of others, even in the absence of clear evidence, the victim mentality depends on a habitual thought process and attributes. Again, I took a little bit out of the middle. That's the verbatim definition of it. That second sentence is right between the eyes if you know to pay attention to it. The victim mentality depends, as in it has to have a habitual thought process. Habitual accurately implies duration and addiction. And here's a little bit more to the story. So in 2015, we launched our first online training course. It's called Core Language Upgrade. And in it, we break down core, we break down conflict language. We had to reshoot that thing. The one that's out right now and has been out since 2015, that's round two. That's the reshoot. Yeah. And we chose to reshoot that thing, which was no small task for two dudes bootstrapping a company. Because before conflict language was called conflict language, it was called victim mentality language. accurate 
as it may be, it was too strong of a place to start the conversation. Oh, no, no, I'm no victim. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I do. I've, I've got some conflict at work and <laughs> you should see my home life. People, people related more to conflict language. So we changed yeah. that. And, and, and the, the habitual thought process that forms the victim mentality, regardless of whether people want it or not, is conflict language. It's the negations. If you, if you force yourself to stare at 20, 30 worst case scenario flash images or little mental movies throughout the day, I promise you that's going to add up. If you have a habit, a pattern of te- describing interactions with people as, um, you know, they did this to me and she needs to respect me more. And who does he think he is? And, and the, 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 the projection keywords, he, she, they, people's first name, mom and dad. Dad always talks to me like a child dare you to write that down and then i dare you to scribble out dad and i dare you to put in i now you got a very different story and the likelihood that you're going to shit on dad's head the next time you talk to him on the phone goes way down you're putting out fires folks you're putting out fires in your head before they externalize in your outer world Par for the course English is extremely generalized, vague, and inflammatory. Chaos. It could be called chaos language, just as easy as conflict language, which brings us, everybody. Before I tell two good stories about spells, one-sentence spells, and tie in the reticular activating system, which if you are at all interested in personal and professional development and forging a character identity that works for you instead of against you, we got to talk about the reticular activating system. So, oh oh yeah, oh yeah. So the third pillar, the third pillar of conflict language is called soft talk. And it's the easiest place to start, okay? Because it's the easiest one to practice. Negations, negations and affirmations. So we have negations. We use an affirmations, affirmation keywords more. Can, will, is, have. Yes. Those, those force us. They, they so I can't keep focusing on my past. Remember him. I had him yeah. write that down and say, uh, "Well, if that's what you can't keep doing, what can you start doing? Focus on my future more." Asked it like a question. Yeah, correct. You can now make a statement out of it. I can. It took him a little bit. I can focus on my future more breath I, I can i can i can focus on my future more see he's talking himself into it you can hear it yeah. and now that he's looking yep it makes sense once the conversation is had very, i'm a simple man once the conversation is had in a simple way oh yeah that does make sense once he was pointing his self in the right direction looking into his future we got him to do three things which he wrote down and he did which was he needed to read a couple of books He needed to go to more social functions with work, and he needed to get a mentor. He did all three of those things because he pointed himself in the right direction and wrote down what to do. You write down something to do as opposed to it being in your head. It's now 10 times more likely to happen once pen hits paper. 
as far as you could call that a goal, get a mentor or a, a to-do list. To-do yeah. list work, work folks. Get, get the stuff on paper. That's, that's going from a negation to an affirmation. He made me think we needed to get married to I made me think we needed to get married. That's a projection to what happens when we look in a bathroom mirror, a reflection. Collection. What are we? Ninety-five percent of the stuff that we're blaming other people for doing to us—I promise you—you're doing it to you. You're pissing yourself off, and your language is tricking you into thinking it's them. So that's negations and projections. Now, now we now comes in the indecision. Ooh, everybody's favorite. What is what is this? Um, Candace, give me a goal, a personal goal for the rest of the year, just right off the top of your head. Uh, run a, I want to write a book. Perfect. Put a kinda somewhere in there. I kind of want to write a book. <laughs> what happened to the vibe? What happened to the feeling? It went weird. <laughs> it I does go to weird. I, I wanted to laugh at myself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, now uh, pick, pick another goal. Anything. I want to host at least five seminars this year. Great. Put a sorta in there. Ice. <laughs> we don't even have to do it because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Yet these these words, folks, they cause so much uh, uh, excess anxiety and indecision. One of my favorite quotes about soft talk, because that's what these I'm going to rattle up. We're gonna about to do the soft talk challenge, folks. So this is something that you can do and uh, it's easy and it will absolutely help. Um, Mal Malmodias. Malmodias. He's a. He lived a few hundred years ago, and I mispronounce his name quite frequently. Anyway, the quotes, the real gold. He said, "I will. Pr I, I. I prefer the fear of the wrong decision to the terror of indecision." <laughs> think about Candace. Think about the most indecisive person you know. <laughs> Got yeah. him. Yeah. What's what's their life like? Hectic, all over oh. the place, stress, like stressful, like always on your toes, exhausting. It's ex that's a great word. It's so exhausting, folks. It's so exhausting being creating indecision. I've seen people have full blown panic attacks because they. They, they, they created and maintained indecision about some things they needed to make decisions about. And they just thinked and could and maybe, and I guess I might just, they just kicked the can down the road until a gasket blew. So these are the soft talk keywords. Everybody get a pen and a piece of paper. Awesome. Clean sheet of paper. And I want you to write, I'm going to tell you why we're writing them five times larger here in a second. I want you to write these soft talk keywords on a clean sheet of paper five times larger than you normally write your words. And then we're going to take that piece of paper and tape it up on the wall for seven days. This is the, this is the soft talk challenge. We've been running it for years. It works. Think. Might. Guess. Sort of. 
kind of maybe hopefully almost like it's almost like I'm procrastinating <laughs> did I say could already uh no could try and one day be a two-day person not a one-day person folks i like then, that oh yeah and then you just take it tape it up on the wall and if you want to make me super happy take a picture of it make a post on instagram tag me mark england 2057 so i'm walking out my front door in in 20 in 2017 i'm going to give a presentation candace uh about words it's the only thing i talk about and i walk over to where i parked my car the night before and it's gone oh. <laughs> right right glorious empty space right there and I stare at this glorious empty space. I remember the feeling. I would have loved to have had a, a, a camera on my face to get the facial expressions. It was probably something like, like, like slowly dots connecting, like one eye twitching, like. And then I get my phone. <laughs> it's, it's a true story. I get my phone and I call the police. I say, help. Somebody stole my car. Hold on, buddy. We're coming. Then I called my dad. I said, Dad, somebody stole my SUV. I'm coming to get the farm truck. I got shit to do. So I drive out to the farm. This is in Richmond, Virginia. It's about an hour and a half away to the farm. And I get my, one of my father's prized possessions. His 1985 Ford F-150 bought it brand new off the showroom floor. Sits out mm -hmm. under a canopy, mint condition, two tones of brown, brown and browner. We call it brown and browner. <laughs> <laughs> and I started, yeah, I started driving Brown and Browner around uh, Richmond, Virginia. And in under a day, guess what type of vehicle I started seeing more and more and more of while I was out and about? Your vehicle. That you exactly. 1980. Well, that even more so than that, because I was on the lookout for that. But I started seeing 1985-ish Ford F-150s all over the place because I'm now driving that truck. I'm now yeah. driving that car. Have you ever had that experience? Yep. My Subaru, what, what, what? My Subaru that I bought, as soon as I, I – I knew of a Subaru, but I never really – I'm not like a cars person, so like naming of them, I had no idea. So when I actually got myself a Subaru, I started seeing them all over the place. I was like, hey. <laughs> I never even I would not even have recognized that car before. Where are they all coming from? They were there the whole time, folks. Okay, this brings the reticular activating system into the conversation. The reticular activating system is a piece of hardware. Please look that up for the people that like to back things up other than the the you know the I'm I'm assuming relatable stories that I'm telling about language and things. Look up amygdala hijack. That's what happens when you use certain words 
and then look up the reticular activating system. It's a piece of hardware in your head, physical thing. And it's responsible for that phenomenon. Once something is deemed important, whether it's a car or something else, we're going to touch on that here in a second, the reticular activating system goes on a mission, a search and edit mission. It now starts searching for those trucks, and it starts editing out anything that's not those trucks. So while it's finding more trucks, it's it's editing out the blue vans and the red beetles. Yeah. This has been studied big time, folks. So in the late 1990s, two social psychologists, uh, uh, they took seven students and created a one-minute video, which they showed to hundreds of thousands of people now. The original video is on YouTube. You can look it up. Invisible Gorilla. They took three of the students, dressed them in white. Three of the students dressed them in black. Gave the white team two basketballs. Gave the black team two basketballs. And then they dressed that seventh student up in a gorilla costume. Another true story. And they had the white team pass the basketballs back and forth to the white team and the black team pass the basketballs back and forth to the black team for one minute, 30 seconds in, they get that gorilla costume student to walk into the middle of the, the frame, turn and look at the camera, beat his chest, turn and walk out. That was the one minute video. And then they showed that to thousands of people and they gave them something to do. They had directed their attention. How many times did the, the white team pass the basketballs back and forth to each other? Yeah. Correct answer is 15. Spoiler alert. And then they asked these students. Yeah. And did you see the gorilla? What gorilla? Half of them, 50%, it's crazy, 50% of them edited out something so seemingly obvious as a gorilla because they weren't looking for it. Wow. Now, let's make this whole thing real as a heart attack. This goes both ways, folks, as far as our words. I mean, it's funny to say, and I like saying funny things. You know, does the reticular activating system only work for 1985-ish Ford F-150s and students in gorilla costumes? Or is our language influencing our reticular activating system too? Here's two examples of two different kinds of spells. One expansive and one constrictive. I hope it's okay that I drop an F-bomb on here. because. Oh, yeah. It makes the yeah. story even better. The second one, this woman comes in, sits down, and she was very forthcoming immediately. She, she, she truly wanted help with this. She goes, I'm having problems in my marriage. My husband thinks I'm attractive, and I'm just not having it. I refuse to believe it, and I know where it's coming from. I just don't know what to do about it. Here's what happened. She's 10 years old. She walks into her grandma's house for Christmas. As soon as she gets in the door, her great aunt leans down and goes, my, you have a big nose just like me. 
thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. Stress response sucked the air right out of that little girl. She ran into the bathroom, looked at her nose, which was, of course, no bigger now phys- exactly physically than it was five seconds ago. But in her imagination, she's got a honker, which means what? She's ugly. So now the reticular activating system is going on a, 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 a hunt, a search for all the flaws. And while it's doing that, it's pimp handing anything that is counter to that, to that particular story, which is her husband, amongst other people, her husband. It's really, it's really easy to imagine the scenario. Baby, you look good tonight. You don't mean that. You think that's yeah. going to get in the way of some things? Yeah. Yeah. Majorly. Majorly. Because it was. Yeah. That's a constrictive spell, folks. That's a, cons- that's a combination of words that greatly influenced how that little girl saw herself, how that little girl felt about herself, how that little girl was able to breathe in context to how she thought and felt about herself. It's this one big rolling, perfectly well-oiled machine, even when it's creating a victim, the victim mentality. Yeah. The process of our, us telling ourselves a story is so perfect in the mechanical sense. And we can participate differently. I promise you, if you use words that help you stay focused more on the things that are important to you, affirmations, words that help you de-escalate scenarios in your mind and, and, and take your power back, reflections, and help and words that help you become more solid and decisive in your life, you're, you're going to enjoy being you more. Let's just get real simple about this. Yeah. You're going to create better mental imagery. You're going to create better feelings and emotions. You're going to breathe better. Your body's going to relax. People are going to be enjoy being around you more. Hey, you're going to enjoy being around you more. That's, yeah. that's the real kicker. And then there's the other side of the street. 2000, whatever, I'm giving a presentation and this guy's setting up a booth right next to me. He hears the whole thing. He comes over afterwards. He goes, man, that was really cool. You want to hear a good story about this stuff? Who says no to that, by the way? And I go, yeah. (laughs) Great stories. No, not me. Um, And he said, I I didn't catch the guy's name. We'll just call him Dave. Uh, He said, "When when I was 12 or 13, my grandfather took me out in the backyard. And he said, little Davey life's wild it's it's a there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs there's going to be zigs and zags and twists and turns you're going to get some things right you're going to get some things wrong just always remember to err on the side of being a and he said my whole life changed in an instant he said it was like i grew i said i he said i looked up and i saw myself as confident and capable and i just felt bigger and i felt stronger and i took a this big breath in and he goes you know what i've made a lot of mistakes but you know what else i go for what i want and and a lot of the times i i i I get it or and if i'm not if i don't get it right the first time i learn and i keep going after it also known as talking yourself in 
into opportunity. Most people accidentally and unconsciously talk themselves out of opportunity, and that's sad, and usually so are they. Yeah. So when we write down soft talk keywords five times larger than we normally write, the reticular activating system goes, why are we writing these words down bigger than we normally? And then it goes, it doesn't matter. They're important because it doesn't, it, it has, it's, 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 there's no bias there. Yeah. It's just whatever we focus on, we're getting more of it. So by writing those out on a piece of paper and posting that up on the wall for seven days and you walking by it and looking at those words, you're going to raise your awareness about those words and you're going to hear those words in your language. Okay. And in other people's language, that's where it starts raising the awareness. And then you just start plucking them out. I think I might like to No, we're going on a vacation in three weeks. Uh, I, I, I probably need to No, I do. No, it's almost like I'm procrastinating. No, I am procrastinating. (laughs) I, 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 I might be drinking too much coffee. If you think you might be drinking too much, you are, you know, you are take out the soft talk and own it. So you can either drink that much and enjoy the fact that you're drinking that much or drink less. Yes. I, there's a couple of questions I want to ask you about this because you mentioned about the ant. Does it have to be a one, like, is it a, always a one-time thing? And does it have to be of somebody of significance to make that impact? Or can it just kind of be anybody and they just say something powerful and it connects? What makes the words like actually connect with you? Does it have to be a significant? Can it be random? Does it have to be attached to something? Good question. Or is it like something over time, right? Like, is it, because yeah. oh, there's some things that you, you hear it all the time. People are like, oh, they've only heard it once or I only said it once to them. But like you said, that one time her aunt said you have a nose, it stuck with her. So how do we understand, like, is it just a one-time thing or is it a continuum of hearing things? It could be both. So it could be um, a war of attrition or it could be a nuclear airstrike. just happens once. What the deal is, what it's it's our emotional reaction to it. Okay. Because she went... That means she bought in. Uh, Her, yep, exactly. Exactly. And what your breath just did is I'm about to bring that into the conversation here in a second. Uh, she had, there was a possibility, you know, that her aunt leans in and goes, my, you got a big nose just like me. And then she goes in her mind, no, I like my nose. You're ugly. And so it was just, a, it was never an issue. Right. Yeah. Or someone says something over and over and you have you're just you just for you, you let it go in one ear and out the other. Now, how do you do that? How do you take that from a possibility to a probability? Get your breath down in your abdomen and keep it there. Because now you're going to have a longer fuse 
when your breath is down in your abdomen, known as parasympathetic nervous system response, and you're breathing low and slow, you're far less likely to have a knee-jerk reactive reaction to someone else's opinion of themselves because yeah. that was her aunt's opinion of herself. Here, little little darling, let me share my opinion of of me with you. Yes. When people are walking around with their breath trapped in their chest, which is most people, uh, they have their, 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 any little thing can set them off. And it's worse now than it's probably been in ever. Yeah. For a variety of reasons. There are weaponized narratives. I don't like that word and people are using it. Um, that are designed to inflame and disempower. And uh, uh, I mean, I study this stuff, folks. I tell simple stories on purpose and I've got three brain cells. I can, it, 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 a couple more actually. I can pay attention to what news outlets are saying and connect dots. It ain't rocket science. You just work backwards. You will know a tree by its fruit. They're saying one thing and the result is another thing. So it's yeah. the result. The result's the intention. These people are smart. So, and, and no, no, I don't care what side of the, uh, any conversation you're on. You ever see, you ever heard any, anyone talking about the importance of great breathing mechanics and how to improve your breathing mechanics on CNN or Fox or CNNBC or nope. some right wing? What? No, they're not. It's, it's one variation of another to inflame and then take advantage of people's victim mentalities. The victim mentality, the collective victim mentality of the planet, it could, we could turn this planet into a piece of toast because of that. Yeah. So what do you do, folks? Disconnect from the masses. Work on your breath and your story. So what are the goals here? The two goals with this work is to empower the languages of the world, to make them more focused and clear and solid and self-reflective in order to do what? To unlock the breathing of humanity, unlock the breath of humanity. We got 7.8 billion people roughly walking around holding their breath. What does that do metaphysically? That's weird. And then, cool, great. What would happen if everybody took themselves out of that stress response, took four or 500 size of relief of pressure over a period of time to get their breath back down in their abdomen, which is where it's supposed to be. That, you know, I've got a good imagination. I, and it's a simple, you know, that's, that's butterfly to caterpillar shit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I just feel very like light. Like everyone just like, Ooh, like levitating. Just chill. It's, it's, it feels good. It's yeah. fun. It's fluid. You're, you've got perspective. You're like, you can go big picture. Yeah. It's hard to do any of those things with the breath trapped in the chest. And then, you know, might as well tie this back into fighting. When I hurt myself, not because I, the reason I hurt myself is because I fueled my fight career with shit talk. I terrorized myself in my head with shit talk about me not being good enough and 
I got to prove them wrong. And then I fantasized about all the things that I wanted other people to say about me. Oh, he's, he's such a badass. You wouldn't want to mess with him. No, 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 no. All stress inducing. So I'm training with breath trapped in the chest. Hello, Snap City. Yeah. I hurt, I, I hurt me. And then you look at a fighter, the best fighters, they have their breath down in their abdomen. That's known as getting in the zone, being in the zone. And when that's happening, you just, it's, it's called getting your shots off. The thing just, your training comes through when you're breathing in your chest. Uh, the best fighters, they're comfortable. They're comfortable in the chaos because they've done yes. it so much because they've done it so much. Whatever y'all want to get good at, fighting, public speaking, playing the violin, uh, going out on dates, like whatever you want to do, whatever you want to get good at, writing books, going on podcasts, being a podcast host, get your breath low and slow and watch what happens. You'll learn faster. Okay. You'll learn faster and um, uh, you will create mental, psychological, and emotional endurance to keep yourself in the game. Because that's another thing that you're going to have to do if you want to get good at something. you got a long game. So you're going to need gas in the tank. Fastest way to ha have no gas in the tank about whatever in your life is to hold your breath. Suck yeah. air. Uh, just walk around all tense and tight. It's just, it's, it's the worst. Yeah. So with, with talking about stories, so and, and getting like the victim mentality and stuff like that. So say for some, an incident, how do we reframe the incident so that it gives the incident the justification or the honoring that it needs to, but you're changing the way you view of it, I guess. So for example, like bad things happen. So let's get real, let's, let's for an example, uh, I, don't, I don't want to go there, but it just popped in my head because it's a scenario where it's unfortunate, but girls think somebody, a girl, a boy negatively touches you. You don't want it, rape, whatever you would like to say it. And, or it's happened once. How do you move? How would somebody talk about that scenario where it's, they're speaking the truth, but they're getting themselves away from it. So like you said, it's not so much attached because I find that's hard because you don't want somebody just to be like, oh, it didn't happen or don't talk or how are you not feeling that or you should be feeling this way or that's okay. People validate the way that you should be feeling the way you think of it. How do you help yourself, I guess, not carry it the way that it's being carried from most people that are going through something so hard good question and i'm going to preface this uh because it's, a, it's smart to preface this in this way uh, i am i'm a pe teacher and i'm a former mma fighter okay this is not in the traditional sense professional advice okay what i have done is i've been in the game 14 years coaching and i've worked on more molestation and rape uh, uh, stories and I could, I stopped counting years ago. Okay. Yeah. So take this advice with a grain of salt, a story kept in the head is tough work. It's hard action. 
good talk therapy while the story is kept in the head. I'm, I, I approach this from a mechanical standpoint, not, not a good or bad or uh, right or wrong or politically charged or not politically charged standpoint. Okay. I'm looking at this from the mechanics of storytelling. Okay. That's going to make sense here in a second. So a story kept in the head, it is seemingly infinite. Where does it start? Where does it stop? There's the worst part again, flashing in my head. And then I tense up and I'm either going to fight it or I'm going to run from it. What do I do with this thing? Yes. Why would I go back into that if it's just going to dredge up old memories? Very understandable opinion to have about it. Yeah. Okay. Or why would I go sit down and talk with someone once a week when I'm just talking about the same thing over and over again? Yeah. So first things first, folks, and I'm about to share with you something. Uh, okay, hold on. This is a cell phone. We're live. I understand this. Uh, it's okay. Hey, Sarah, I'm on a podcast, Spark Plug Wellness Podcast with Candice, and it's going really well. And I'm going to need an extra 10 minutes on our session. Okay, so I'll start the Zoom call at 3.10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I've got a session at 3. Now it's at 3.10, so we can – because this part of the conversation, I want to make sure we've got enough time to have it. Because if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. Yes. So first things first, folks. Get the story out of your head. Write it down, not journal about how you feel about the thing 10, 15 years later. No, write out what happened. As in, you could take it and put it in a book. Okay. Guess what? Guess what you have now, folks? Now it is, it's gone from seemingly infinite to finite. There is a beginning word and an ending word, and it is now gone from in here to out here, from the distance, your eyeballs to the paper or the Google Doc, the computer, you now have got some distance. Yeah. When a story, uh-huh, it makes sense when it's broken down this way. When a story is kept in your head, you're participating in it. You're still in it. It's still in you. Yes. And then the first thing we do, there's four steps to this process. It's called the four-step story work process. I've been using it for years with tremendous success on all things, all kinds of things from normal procrastination to war crimes and torture, literally, and all kinds of gnarly things in between. And it works because it works on the mechanics of storytelling. I don't, my opinion of what happened and how a person should feel, that's fucking irrelevant. 99%, 100% of the time for the way I go about doing things. Yeah. Okay. Now that it's written down on paper, which is so rare, it's so rare for someone to, to write out the story, not write about the story, write out the story. Then we say it out loud. 
at some point in time, people are going to have an emotional reaction to this. Okay. Yeah. We got to get it off our chest as in the stress response. And so they, they, they tell the story, what happened? They read what they wrote. Great. Check in with the person. How are they feeling? By the way, I am an all the right questions coach as opposed to all the right answers. It's a big difference. Just questions on top of questions on top of questions, and then they come to their own best conclusion on their own. Again, rocket science. I was an all the right answers coach at one point in time. That's hard work because now I've got to know more about you than you know about you all the time. Otherwise, why are you paying me? It creates a weird dynamic. Very weird dynamic. Step one, title the specific memory and write it out. Check. Step two, and you see us, you'll see us do this on Tuesday Night Lives. Yep. Tell the story. Then step two, read what you wrote. Step three, and this, I'm, I'm glad you asked this question because it's, it's a valuable thing for people. It's yours for the rest of your life, folks. You can do this work on your own. And it also ties, it, it ties in another part of this conversation well to upregulation and downregulation, stress response and, and, and relaxation response with the breath. Then step three, you read the exact same thing you wrote at 70% speed. What happens when that happens? When someone slows down their rate of speech, the breath starts to descend. Yeah. And as the breath descends, again, mechanics, everybody. When the breath is trapped in my chest, this thing is in my face. Yep. <laughs> As the breath descends, the picture moves out, mechanically yes. speaking. And now I, I'm participating. <laughs> yep. I go from, as the breath descends, I slow down. As the breath descends, I go from participant to observer. This is breathing room. And then I automatically change my opinion of what happened and what it means about me based on the amount of distance and clarity that I have. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then step four, let's say that there's two paragraphs, four sentences each to each for each paragraph. So that's a total of eight periods. Step four is where you take a pen and you make a big line on each period and then read it again slow. And when you get to that line, breathe. Read the next sentence. Dun, 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 dun. And you just slowed the whole mechanism way down big time. And at some point in time, if it's something you've been hung up on for a while, you're emotional about it 
now, at some point in that process, you're going to pop, which is in some point of the process. And sometimes it's when the, the, the story hits the paper. People are writing and crying. Great. Or maybe it's when you say it out loud for the first time. I've never said this out loud before. Welcome to the exit. Or maybe it's when you say it slow and the breath starts to descend and the feels start to come up. Yeah. Or maybe it's when you slow it and you get the breath in there and that just <sighs> shakes the whole thing off like a wet dog. Wow. Oh, my mind is so... <laughs> Holy. Um, so with the th so how do you I just have one I have two questions for you well let my listeners know where they can find you and then I'll ask my questions cool Instagram marking on 2057 and we do a free class every Tuesday night 6 to 7 p.m. it's called called Tuesday Night Live it's just it's it's coaching we just coach people pick a topic coach on the topic as always we focus on the words and I'm a teacher to the core I've been teaching for over 20 years. I've got a degree in education. And anytime I come on a podcast or uh, do a Tuesday night live, or we certify coaches, that's our business. And any it's, it's always class because that's the most valuable thing I can think to do of with my time is to teach this stuff. Yes. Yes. And I love it. I love it. I've watched a couple of them and I'm going to try and keep watching them. Cause yeah, yesterday's one about the money talk, it hit home, like no tomorrow. I was like, Oh man, <laughs> I'm right there with you, girl. I'm right there with you. Mm. Um, I want to talk about like, cause we have, you, you mentioned your thoughts and, and the body and the breathing when somebody is talking and, or they're saying a story, how can someone like, how, how does one know that a story is living within their body when they're speaking about it? Or how do you, how does one know that when they're speaking of something or something's happening, it's getting put into their body? You know what I mean? Like, so one's getting put in, you're in that scenario, one's getting put into your body. It's now going to be something that from moving forward, you're going to be <sighs> or one of expressing something that's already been in your body. You're starting to talk about it and now your body's starting to express it. Good question. Pay attention to how you feel about what you're saying. Okay. And also pay attention to how fast you're talking. People talk fast about this. That's slow. I dare y'all to do this just for an experience. Slow down your rate of speech by about 20% on and off for one day and watch what happens. Watch how you feel. Watch, pay attention to how you breathe. Pay attention to how you sound. You're going to sound different. You're going to feel different. You're going to have more space. And if you take it far enough, you'll improve your timing. Mm. And if you all want to be great conversationalists, you got to have good timing. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Oh, 
like I keep keep I can just keep going on and on and on and to be honest I've already started to I'm finishing up uh one of my certifications here and I'm already looking like because language has been something that I'm I've always been fascinated about and I'm always the person where if I hear somebody, especially if it's something negative about themselves, I'm always catching them and I'm, I'm reframing, I'm making, I'm helping them reframe it <laughs> or I'm, or I just don't let them say that about me. I'm like, or if that's something you're going to say and you won't reframe it, it's just those words aren't allowed to be spoken around me about yourself because if you're not going to help me reframe it then i just don't want to hear it because that's that was that negativity energy is just not allowed in my zone <laughs> i get it <laughs> so i've always been that person and i always i'm the person that's why i have positive in my in my names for mostly everything because i am always just trying to find the positive energies the positive words the positive ways to bring things to life even through the darkness because i find you have to go through it in order mm. to really to really get that that light and and to be lifted like you said to be lifted and have that space um how does one move forward so now they've just experienced so if someone's just experienced this like oh realization and they're like how does one not just take that moment and be like oh like an event they go to event everyone's like yeah and then the event's over and they just don't do nothing with it <laughs> how does one take a moment like that where they're just like oh my god that realization and move forward with it that's that's why we call this a practice when people know the words, I am, I'll take education over motivation all day long. I'm not here to motivate anybody. Somebody could be motivated by listening to what I'm saying. And I'm here to teach. When we include the conversation about words, rubber meets the road, use less of these words. Here's why. Use more of these words and here's why. Then it makes mindset practical, as in we turn it into a practice. And I can consciously use my words to stay focused on the important things, keep the drama low, and to keep my energy high. And if I do that over a long, if I long game that, motivation turns into a joke. Motivation is for the unmotivated. Okay, your uh, your audio went. Maybe it's mine. It's practice, practice, practice. Yeah. And, and, and awareness. Practice, pra yeah, practice. Here's here's my here's my rocket science promise to you, everybody. Use better words. Some of the time, smile a little bit more, breathe a little bit better. You long game that and you will, uh, uh, a lot of the things that you've gotten used to, regardless of how much they suck and you're over them, are going to be a fond memory. Better words, better faces, better breath. Watch what happens. Rocket science. Ah, all right, my final question for you, and it's for every one of my guests, what is your perspective on positivity? 
what is my perspective on positivity? Well, it's, it's you know that that the the I file that in the same under the same category as motivation because I find a a, a lot of people use the words you know I, I just I just need to be more positive. Okay, don't worry yeah. about being positive practice focus I like that practice focus stay focused on the things that are important to you folks explore your talents uh, hang out position yourself around people that um, want to see you succeed regardless of what happens to them that's my definition of being a friend and 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 that and that and watch what happens and go on walks we need to walk more straight up yeah we do we do <laughs> we do we do <laughs> it's so fun as soon as you mention walking you, like you're speaking of blank like body language everyone is just like <laughs> mm -hmm. for the most part i would just like mm. <laughs> it's like come on let's move your body it's like one of the easiest ways to move your body. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. It's very natural. We're supposed to do a lot of it. Go on a yeah. walk. Leave your phone at home. Watch what happens. <laughs> well, Mark, thank you so very much for joining me. I appreciate it today. I learned so much. Like my mind is blown. I'm going to sit here and just reflect and I'm going to rewrite out my words so that they're nicer and then on nice paper and stick them up where I see them every single day. And I'm going to tag you in it. Thank you. And get everybody going. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for all that you're doing in the world. You are creating a massive impact. And I just thank you so much for connecting with me and sharing your energy and your value. Likewise, Candace. Thanks for having me on. And thank you for, for listening, everybody. You have a good day. Bye, Candace. Abacadabra! Boof! Wow, hey, are you going to do that soft talk challenge? I hope you do. If you do, please tag us in the socials at Mark England 2057 and at Spark Plug Lad spark plug wellness let us know about the podcast what you thought of it also let us know about the challenge and how it goes within your life and how it's making a difference please once again rate and review the podcast but now it is time to go out and do something positive and be positive positive